Episode 42, The Importance of Reading, Part 2. Welcome to the Principles and Practice Podcast. This is where we discuss biblical principles for life and learning. I'm your host, Heather Hall, and this is my co-host, Brian Hall. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to our Principles and Practice Homeschool Podcast. Our good friend Arlene Helms of Reviving the Foundations is joining me again. Uh, Reviving the Foundations with Arlene Helms sprung out of her homeschool journey And she has joined us previously on episodes 14, 36, and 37. So be sure to catch up on those. She's joining us today for part two on the importance of reading. Thanks for joining us, Arlene. I'm looking forward to learning from you today. Thank you so much, Heather, for having me on again, as you said, for the fourth time. This has been really exciting to see so many people who are interested in what is happening in education today and the podcasts that you offer are going to really help people and moms and their children and dads and I just hope that this will help uh, this podcast today will help um, those who are looking for some answers and some direction and I just want to thank you for this opportunity Heather. Well, you're welcome. We love having you join us. So last time we were on, we talked about the importance of reading. And we started off with what we read today will impact our future. And we're going to get into this a little bit more today as an example towards the end of of this podcast. And we talked about readers are also good writers And we use the example of Noah Webster, who is um, the father of American scholarship and education and the author of the 1828 Dictionary. We encourage people to purchase the 1828 Dictionary for their home um, pastors, for for their libraries, and the things that Noah Webster learned because he was able to read and what he was able to write to give us our American dictionary is extremely important, especially for what we are going through today. And we have also talked about the importance of teaching young children to uh, learn to read through the phonics program versus the whole language program. We talked about Ethel Bolden. She has a book. It's called An Acorn in My Hand. And in that, um, she mentions that the reason why, one of the reasons why it's important for children to learn phonics is because they are learning to analyze. This is where the beginning of learning to analyze and organizing. And then this is where the thrill of reading begins. It's not just the look and see and look at pictures. This is where analyzing and then this is where your thinking and reasoning still skills begin to come in. Then we also talked about for a moment, um, we talked about and uh, Shakespeare, William Shakespeare. And again, that can be a podcast in and of itself. 
But what was important about Shakespeare um, is that he was considered called the bard of the Bible. So we know that he was reading the Bible. And that is the most important book that anyone can read is the Bible. And because of his understanding and the wisdom that the Lord gave him with the Bible, he was able um, to write his many, many plays. And there is a, a book by a Mr. Um, C.E. Ellis, or C. Ellis, I should say, excuse me. And in it, he this gentleman quotes that Shakespeare um, wrote from the great truths of the Bible, which his genius has assimilated and reproduced in words that seem to renew the authority and strengthen its claims upon men's attention. And in this book, he mirrors what Shakespeare, um, on one page you would have Shakespeare's, what he wrote, and on the other page, it's what the Bible has had written and Shakespeare was looking at the Bible and he was writing from the Bible. And today Shakespeare is someone who is being taken out of the schools and taken out of the minds and the hearts of the people. And Shakespeare is someone that we need to start reading again. And I encourage people to start reading um, Shakespeare. And young students, when we lived in New Hampshire, there was a public school and the parents asked the school uh, board if they could put together plays for the fifth and sixth graders. And at first, they, the authorities thought that they were too young to be introduced to Shakespeare, but they actually did say yes and the community came together and in a way that would not have taken place the students did the artwork they did the costumes they they read their lines they, it was a it was a gathering you know every week um to practice the play and then surrounding communities would come and see and children are not too young ever to learn good material, to read good books, or to have good books read to them. And I'm mentioning Shakespeare because he is one of the um, people that I don't hear about. When I'm looking at these posts with teachers and with parents, I'm not seeing or hearing anyone talking about Shakespeare. So I want to bring that to people's attention. And is it because he was considered the bard of the Bible? Is it because he took his material from the Bible? And my guess is perhaps so. So I would like to, um, for a moment, take a quote from Miss Catherine Dang's American History for High School Seniors. And in here, she has um, a quote. It says, from the time of the pilgrims and Puritans 
Men had set the standard of God's word before them to measure the tyranny and despotism of their times. American life began the flight of men, women, and children who sought civil and religious liberty, a vision inspired by the Bible. The new world was to be the habitation of liberty and law. Literacy, the first promise of education, has always been associated with the Bible. So again, this comes right back to the Bible. And here we have Shakespeare, the bard of the Bible, who was learning from the Bible and reading from the Bible. And that's where his inspirations came from. Then she continues, the schools taught a classical education built upon the Bible. The primary purpose of early colleges was to turn out Christian men who knew God's word thoroughly and could reason from its principles to civil government, economics, and all national concerns. And when we look at education today, and there's all of these alphabet soup, and I'm not even going to mention them because you know what they are, and it's propaganda. And we need to get back to the Bible. We need to read to our children at young ages material that they are going to grow from and grow out of and become children with good character and good morals and good values. And and it's an important aspect to raising children. It's a joy to be able to read to our children and feed them the wonderful material that's out there so that their hearts and their minds can be filled with joyful aspects of this life. Now, does that mean that we don't read as children get older the things that are happening today? Um, I'm just going to mention In the NOAA plan from the Foundation for American Christian Education, they talk about uh, paganism in literature, and we are experiencing paganism, but there is nothing new under the sun. So in Paul's day, um, in Acts 17.21, the word tells us Paul's heart was stirred by Athens when he saw the city wholly given to idolatry. Essentially, the study of pagan literature is the study of a people who worshipped false gods, gods for every conceivable circumstance of their lives, idolaters, pagan literature, Greek and Roman mythology, deals with the tales of superhuman deities, gods and goddesses, who men and women put in charge of their lives. These gods were the subject of worship, sacrifice, propitiation, and vows. They became representative of a people who grew more and more materialistic. You read that today, and there's nothing new under the sun. These are the things that we're experiencing today. So do um, do we stay away from reading things like Greek mythology? I did teach my children when they were younger, we read Greek mythology. It's part of world history. 
And there are some great stories that come out of Greek mythology. And I was asked by a, another homeschool mom so, who saw my home, my Greek mythology book on my table. And she said, are you reading Greek mythology to your children? And I said, yes. And so I think it's important. There are lessons that come out of that. But again, as the children get older, I think that it is important to read to them so that they can have, have an understanding of the world that we, that we do live in. Um, and for younger children, you want to read to them the stories um, aloud. You want to read aloud with your children when they're younger about faraway lands. And as they, um, as they to help them spark their interest and their creativity and reading stories about missionaries in faraway lands is a great way for children and adults to learn about other people in their cultures. And this sparks all kinds of, um, interest and when you're reading about people from other lands and you find recipes from those lands and then you're eating some of the foods and then you're having that experience of the herbs and the spices that the people from these other lands use is is a way to draw interest and to help your children and you to grow and learn about this great big world that we live in. Now, I mentioned at the beginning, I talked to you about what we read today will impact our future. And here I had an experience just today when I was reading a post from George Washington's Mount Vernon. And if anyone has had the pleasure of being on the grounds at Mount Vernon, there's so much to see and and do there and there were people from multiple countries speaking all kinds of different languages it was a really great experience for my husband and I to to go and visit Mount Vernon however we have to be careful about the things that we're reading and what history is being told today and that is today when I was reading this post from George Washington's Mount Vernon, they were talking about cornmeal and the diet that the, um, the enslaved, and they use the word enslaved people had. And it was all about the enslaved. Now, when I think of George Washington, I think of a man of excellent character. Was he a perfect man? No, because we're none of us are perfect. We're not going to be perfect this side of heaven. And yet they are bringing out this information about cornmeal and that was the diet. And perhaps they wrote about, um, Anna, C. Reed, who is the niece of the signer of the Declaration of Independence. And she authored uh, in 1850 a book, uh, The Life of Washington. Now, the 
American Missionary Fellowship took this book and they used it. It was originally translated in over 20 languages within a few years. The book was among the most widely read biographies of Washington at the time. Now they put this book in this in Sunday schools. They used this book for Sunday schools. The missionaries carried books published by the missions in saddlebags to leave for the fledgling Sunday schools that they started, promoting literacy, education, and the very best in Christian moral values. Though it stopped publishing books in uh, 1968, American Missionary Fellowship continues its missionary work in the United States. Now, I would be curious to do some research on that. Whenever I'm reading, whenever I'm speaking, I end up coming away with so many more questions <laughs> than I have answers to. And But this is a good thing, moms and dads. This is a good thing. We just wish that we had more time, right? But all this to say that this is a book that was written for Sunday school classes that Anna C. Reed, a, a niece of the signer of the Declaration of Independence, wrote this book about Washington. Now, maybe Mount Vernon has written about this. I would love to see it if they have. Then there's also another person that I would like to mention when we want to talk about George Washington. And the person's name is Phyllis Wheatley, and that's spelled P-H-I-L-L-I-S, Wheatley. And she was a slave, and she wrote to George Washington, and George Washington wrote to her, wrote back to her. And in his letter to her, he ends his letter saying, I am with great respect, your obedient, humble servant. George Washington. She was a black slave who was a poet. And I encourage all of you listening to look up Phyllis Wheatley, read her work, read her story. And why am I talking about this? I mention all of these things because, as I mentioned earlier, what we read today will impact our future. Now, had I not read a number of works and books and material about George Washington, and if I'm just reading the small post from what um, Mount Vernon, George Washington's Mount Vernon is writing about today, I'm going to come away with two different views. And I'm encouraging you to read good material to read aloud to your children, to find a book like um, The Life of Washington by Anna C. Reed, which was originally published in 1842. Find a copy and read that aloud to your children. And you will grow, your children will grow, but you'll also have the true history. And I'm not saying that they didn't 
feed their enslaved people cornbread because that's what they had. Um, I think of what people are eating today and, you know, driving through McDonald's is for some people, but not for everyone either. So um, cornbread didn't have the GMOs and all of that, but we won't get into that. Um, so what we, what we need to do as parents is appreciate the fact that number one, if you have small children, you have an opportunity to teach your child to read. And I can say from personal experience, there is no greater joy to read aloud with your children from a young age and find good material. And, and even in to middle school, junior high, and then even when they get into college, reading different things aloud, excerpts from, you know, from um, newsletters or whatever, um, and sharing your thoughts and your ideas, you know, with your children and continuing to grow with them. And I will have to say that had I not read these books, and I'm giving you the example with George Washington, had I not read this material, I would have come away with a different idea of America, a different idea of George Washington, a different idea of what America is. And we are we are in a very important time in our lives where it is important for us to know our history, to read and to understand from a biblical aspect of of where we came from and where we are. And this is part of, for us to keep our nation as a republic and knowing our true history, taking information, does it line up with God's word is so important. And so what we read today will impact our future. So moms and dads, enjoy those times with your children. And what you read today is going to impact your not only your future, but your children's future and their children's future. So read well and read often. And God bless you. As always, if you're looking for additional resources or support, you can visit our website at principalacademy.com, check out our shop and our blog, and you can also find us on Facebook at Christian Homeschooling with Bible Principles, also on Instagram under Principal Academy. Thanks so much for joining us. All right. Well, this is Heather Hall. And this is Brian Hall. For Christ and His Glory.